Are dents and scratches putting a dent in your day? Introducing Rogerstein Crash Repairs Adelaide, your trusted solution for automotive woes. With over two decades of expertise, Rogerstein Crash Repairs guarantees top-notch service, restoring your vehicle to its former glory in no time. From minor dings to major collisions, our skilled technicians handle it all with precision and care using state-of-the-art equipment and techniques. Rogerstein Crash Repairs saved my car. It looks brand new. Fast, friendly and reliable. I wouldn't trust anyone else with my vehicle. Don't let accidents slow you down. Visit Rogerstein Crash Repairs Adelaide at 14 Penner Avenue, Glind for quality service you can count on. And here's a special offer just for our listeners. Mention this podcast and receive a $100 discount on your repair. Roger Steen Crash Repairs Adelaide. Excellence in every repair. On the Game On Podcast. So, uh, obviously, with your your juniors uh, out in the country there and and then moving to Westminster, did you always have a bit of an appetite for goal kicking? Oh, look, I did. Um, Pretty much from a young age, I played forward. I wasn't overly big as a a kid. I sort of played forward pocket, rove sort of thing, as, as most younger ones do. Like, you know, you, you get on the on the sides and the bigger kids in the age groups plays down the spine. Um, my, I guess my first memory of goal kicking was, I think it was 81. We hadn't kicked a goal against the opposition mini side for the whole year. Um, but we won the grand final. But the ball was in the air when the siren went and then went through the goals. Um, and that that was that's my distinct, distinct memory of like the first really important goal you kick is when you snap and it's in the air and the. Oh, it's a fair memory goal, that you track, grand, yeah? and you win a grand final by two points. Oh, everyone loves the sausage roll. Yeah. How old were you then, Tractor? Oh, I reckon I was ten or eleven. So don't are you still got on the West Ends, yeah, mate? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm in the car with mum and dad who uh, don't drink and have yes, never have. Yes. Um, headed to Western Australia straight yep. after that. Okay. So. so from there, let's let's go through some of. Uh, so, in terms of footy wise, you, you build up to ending up at Nord. Uh, ending up at Nord. Obviously, let's go through though. Eighty nine. You've kicked one hundred and eighteen goals for Ports. Um, and then in ninety one, one hundred and twenty five goals for Tasmans. Yep. So I played my first senior game at Port Neil in eighty six. So Port yep. Neil, Port Neil was by itself. We won three premierships. Well, they won eighty four was on eighty thirteen, eighty six, eighty seven, eighty eight, which I played in with my two brothers. Yep. And then Port Neil amalgamated with Arno Bay to form Ports. Oh, right. Okay. Um, yep. yep. So Ports was the amalgamated club, and that was our first year, and we lost the grand final to Kimber. Okay. So I kicked 118 as yep. a as a 18-year-old, I think I was. Um, it was the first time I'd actually got to play full forward because my oldest brother, Peter, had actually been playing full forward for Port Neil at that stage. 
And a great th- thank you to Peter Lyons for his book on country goal kickers, which I have in front of it. In front of me. Sportscast SA presents Game On. Game On. South Australia's destination for everything sports. Local, national, and international sports. AFL football, soccer, basketball, golf, baseball, tennis, cricket, and any other sports played in this wide world. And we're going to have a blast doing it. So sit back, relax, and let's do this thing. Welcome to Game On. Welcome to Game On. My name's Pete once again, joined by Malcolm and... uh, Mate, uh, Chris Prime kicking hundreds of goals when he was 18 years of age. Just a casual, you know, two, 2,060 goals. You know, just nearly 2,100 now of country goals, let alone his 180-odd for Nord, 185 for Nord as well. Now, he's an incredible person in terms of he's just a footy so he is a South Australian football legend. Absolutely, and uh, obviously playing down at Nord for a couple of seasons, leading the goal keep, goal kicking there, three years, yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, unbelievable to come from a country kicking hundreds of goals and, and then doing it later in his, later on in his career as well, which is just astonishing. Uh, you do wonder how he could have gone a fit earlier and fitter and all that side of things, but look, it's part of Tractor's legend, a little bit like Grenville Dietrich as well. Let's, let's accept. The rough side for, you know, that he's still playing now. Yes. I think it's fantastic. Absolutely. And he got to play with his son, which is uh, a quite a unique part of the uh, the game that doesn't happen all that often, which is fantastic. All right, let's move into Around the Grounds. Around the Grounds. Today, mate, in Around the Grounds, we're going to talk about the AFL Round 24, the SAFL, some tennis, the US Open started, basketball, AFLW, and the World Cup. But we'll start off with the AFL Round 24 complete. Yeah, probably for mine, the major surprise was North Melbourne winning. You know, in terms of to lose the Harley Reid Cup effectively in the end. Um, look, so you should try and win, but I am still surprised that, the, that they did. I'm surprised that the coaches mm-hmm. allowed... Players to still play yeah. in that spot. So, look, it's good they did, but yeah. it's it's an in- mixed feel. Yeah. yeah, it's an interesting one because yeah. you want to protect the integrity of the game, which yeah. we all do. Players want to win no matter what, uh, and Larky's nine goals, which we'll talk about in a minute, was uh, was pretty exciting as well. All right, we'll kick off with uh, Collingwood defeating Essendon by seventy points, and never really were troubled. Troubled. Oh, look, um, just incredible. You know, in terms of Eston's fall off these last few weeks, it's you know to go from they were fifth a month ago to bomb out completely in the end, losing you know twenty one goals the previous week, mm. and then getting annihilated again. They've and, yeah, and, and terrible. Collingwood really took the the foot off the pedal a little bit uh, to a certain degree, but uh, they dominated them in every fa- facet of the game, and uh, it, it's exactly what Collingwood needed going into a pretty interesting final series, which we're going to talk about next week. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that that for mine. Look, Port did what they had to. Yep, we'll we'll come to that one yep. in a minute. But uh, Hawthorne uh, getting defeated by Frio by thirty-seven points. 
little bit of a surprise, but Mitch Lewis being out for Hawthorne, Newcomb, had, his body had fallen away a bit as well. So not a total surprise. Absolutely. Uh, North Melbourne, as we mentioned, defeating Gold Coast by 35 points. That was a bit of a shock yeah, because was, of the situation. Yeah. Um, but I also thought that Gold Coast were going to finish off the year pretty high. And North Melbourne, you know, after losing 20 in a row, which sort of got lost uh, throughout the yeah. season, um, you know, obviously West Coast struggling a little bit that North Melbourne hadn't won for a while either. And all of a sudden, Clarkson has uh, come back with a, uh, a, a vengeance to, to make sure he wins the game. And he's exactly right. There's not too much difference between the top three picks and whether they get pick one or pick two or pick three. Mm. Not as important. And again, I think somebody brought out a stat during the week that uh, uh, – the number one pick isn't always the one that goes on to uh, to gr- the bigger and better things. So we'll, we'll keep an interest and yeah, an eye on that so. one as well. Uh, Brisbane defeating uh, St Kilda by twelve points. Interesting game. Probably should have won by more. They had a lot of inside fifty. Nine goals, eighteen, points. mate. <laughs> yeah, so they they should have won won by more, but yeah, did what they had to do. Absolutely. Uh, Western Bulldogs defeating Geelong by twenty five points down. At the Cattery? Yeah, Geelong rested a lot. They, they put the queue in the rack uh, and that side of things. You're probably a little bit questionable. But then, hey, they've been the team who've been around for a long time playing finals and that. So, yeah, mixed feelings on that one as well. Absolutely. Uh, the Bulldogs uh, trying to keep their season alive. They did everything that they absolutely needed to do. And when you're relying on two or three players and there just seems to be something not quite right at the Bulldogs and we have found out obviously uh, throughout the course of this week that a few players obviously delisted but also a few staff moving on as well and Bevo is still the head coach. Yeah, interesting time at Doggy Land, I think. So we've just got to watch that space a bit there. Absolutely. So, and yeah. we move on to Adelaide defeating West Coast by 45 points. wasn't all plain sailing, but no. Tex... Uh, made it interesting, obviously, kicking nine, and he had that sort of hungry, hungry hippo forward look about him that he wanted to kick as many as he possibly could and made it interesting, at least for the Coleman. Yeah, and look, I, out of that, that, there was nothing really else on the game. I, I, you know, and let's be fair too, Taylor Walker's often too unselfish for his own good and quite even for the, the team's own good at times. So, yeah, last week a little bit different, but... Actually, last Saturday night, I um, I'd worked at Nord and Nord had won and you know, and that. And mm-hmm. I thought I'll do the right thing because Adelaide Uni have avoided relegation. I'll I'll go back to the pub and I I thought there'd be some other other old old yes. farts like me back there, but no. Let's just say I raised the average age right. significantly. Young, young, yes. younger crowd. Yes. Fair call. Uh, yes. Port Adelaide defeating uh, Richmond by thirty-one points. A bit of a scrappy affair. Yeah. Both teams. Ranking in the bottom three or four for goal accuracy throughout the year. Do we see that being Port's Achilles Hill come finals? Possibly. Possibly. Let's, you know. But then Brisbane kick 918. Let's wait and see what happens. Absolutely. A couple of young guns come into the side and, uh, you know, perform pr- pretty well. So um, well done to Port Adelaide in, in obviously securing a top four spot and um, Richmond trying out a couple of youngsters along the way. All right. The Melbourne Sydney game was, in the end, a bit of a non event. Um, because nothing much could change. But Melbourne sort of showed that grit and determination, and now they've lost a couple of players. Across Sydney home final. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's pretty significant for mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, um, Melsham out now as well for Melbourne, so that's a, 
another. Yeah, considering they've already lost Petty as well yep. for up forward. So, and and Fritch is touch and go with a yeah. foot that could raise its ugly head during the final series. Yeah, so he's vital to their forward line, though, isn't he? Oh yes, yeah, he's a you're smooth, sharp shooter, skills doesn't so, miss yeah. very often. Yeah, so. And when he comes, yeah. and when he comes back in, he's generally pretty accurate too. If he so. doesn't come up, I don't reckon they can win. So yeah. it's going yeah. to be an interesting one. And then the one that we're all waiting for, which was the final round, because the Giants had to win to keep the Bulldogs out, and if they had lost, the Bulldogs were in, and yeah, it was flipping back and forth there for a while. And they almost had a home final as well, the way that they were yeah. going in the last quarter. Charlie yeah. kicks uh, his two goals in the first quarter to obviously give him the Coleman, and then. Uh, but that's Carlton's last two goals. Yes. Kept, you know, they were there um, in it for a while. But um, GWS are the form side, one of the form sides going into this finals series. I think they're, they're right up there with a chance to maybe cause a little bit of an upset or take a couple of teams quite deep. So it's going to be very, very interesting on that one. Now, mate, we're going to talk about the uh, first lot of finals next week. But. We're going to finish off on what could have been um, Adelaide's non-decision the week before and obviously results going their way in round 24 that, yes, that has gone their way that did shape the finals in some way, shape or form. Yes, but you would have thought the carry-on in Adelaide that there's never been an umpiring error previously in the history of the game or, or a player miss a goal. Yep. Like, as an Adelaide supporter, personally I'm far angry of the stupidity and incompetence of not going up to Darwin earlier. Um, you know that who knows what would have happened there in that game against Gold Coast, but to give Gold Coast such an advantage mm-hmm. by not going up earlier was criminal. The, control the controllable. Yep. Adelaide didn't. They did that. They numerous games where they where their goal kicking let them down. So yeah, you know they've still got themselves to blame well and truly. And the All Australian squad, uh, as we're sort of recording this episode here, um, is being named at the moment. We don't have any. Uh, concrete results, no, but no. Jordan Dawson uh, and Taylor Walker from Adelaide, obviously nominations. Uh, and Walker will make the side. I think Dawson's 50-50. So. Yeah, he's last, we talked about this while we yeah. were off air, that, you know, his sort of first 16, 17 rounds were, were, were really good and blistering and was one of the form players of the competition and uh, just fell away towards the end there a little bit. Yeah, and that probably hurt Adelaide a bit. In that game against Sydney too, where he, he kicked a few points late too, where his leg you, you need, mm-hmm. you know, you would have backed him in to kick the goal. Absolutely. And for Port Adelaide, uh, uh, Butters, uh, Rosie. They're the dynamic trio for mine. We wait and see for September. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we'll um, we'll obviously update that All-Australian squad as it comes to hand next week. Is there any big surprises in that All-Australian squad that, that could make the side or... Potentially was, could make it? Oh, not so much. Couldn't, I was surprised Taranto didn't make the squad of 44. That was probably the one. A few people saying Sam Taylor, and I think he's he's a gun defender for GWS, but he missed eight games. You missed eight games. I think that's just too many. You, you, you're relying on someone, if you've missed that many, it's got to be like Ablett did at Gold Coast several years ago where he was the best player in the comp by yes. a mile. Yes. You've missed eight games otherwise. You can't make it. Absolutely, and uh, Harry Sheasel winning the uh, Rising Star. Now, the voting on this has left us a little bit perplexed. Um, 
mainly from a South Australian point of view, in that Max Michelani plays 23 out of the 24 games this year and uh, doesn't rank in the top five. Uh, interesting result yeah, there. Yeah, I, I couldn't... I can't believe that. I'm stunned at that. I've got no problem with Sheezel winning Not at all. it. No. Um, Ashcroft logically second. Absolutely. But mine, Michael Annie, was the logical third. I, 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 you debate out of him or Amos for third and fourth. Yeah, I'll wear that. But Wilmot in the top five ahead of him? Ray Charles and Stevie Wonder were worth the vote, voting panel. God. All right, we'll uh, we'll leave it there. We'll, as I said, we'll uh, we'll touch base with the old Australian squad next week, and also the first lot of finals. Yep. But I think you're right; there is a couple of little scratching oh, your head, and I think stunned. the all Australian team is going to provide one of those as well. So, all right, mate, we move on to the SNFL round eighteen, the final round of the SNFL minor round season. Uh, threw up a couple of interesting results in the end. Um, West Adelaide defeating Woodville West Torrance. Got a good record in the last minor round game of the year. They beat Norwood last year in the last minor round game, and the year before. I think that's it's quite ironic that their record overall, but they seem to lift the last minor round game of the year. So, oh look, they'll probably be more competitive towards the last second half of the year. So, you know, the draw with the Norwood game and that. So, no, well done to Westies there. Absolutely, uh, Centrals and Port Adelaide. Now this was a, a game a that we had billed as one of the games of the year, and the Bulldogs needed to make the win to make the five, and they went out there and did it in style. And came home with a rush. They're three goals down at mm. three quarter time and ran all over them. And in terms of to the Nord Crows game, is one of the most bizarre games of football I've ever watched in my life. In terms well, of at halftime, Nord were three up. They were five up, goals up, 90 seconds before half time, then three up. Then Adelaide absolutely dominated the third quarter, as Jackson Kennelly said to me on Saturday night. I think it was 122 touches to 54 in the third quarter. Yep. So it was just insane. So three quarter time, we're four goals down. And you, nah, geez, that was terrible. We're gone. And then. Adelaide. So after half time, there were thirteen goals, five kicked to the Roger Woodcock end, <laughs> yep. and three points to the parade end. <laughs> Unbelievable. As I've said to Woody, you were a gun, but I didn't know the sides were worshipping you to that extent. <laughs> you uh, you led me into my next game, which was Adelaide uh, v yeah. Norwood. Uh, Norwood kicking sixteen goals three. Now I haven't yeah. seen. Sorry, fifteen goals three. three yeah. I have not seen that from a Norwood side for a long, long time, and it was good to see. Don't worry, Pete Myers and myself on the scoreboard were expressing our surprise that we were putting up goals so regularly instead of points. So yeah, it was a that was a pleasant surprise. Now I'm going to ask something a bit cheeky. Did you have to get the calculator out for considering it was just not one point at a time; it was six, uh, six at a time. Yeah, at least it didn't get over the hundred mark. Okay. fifteen goals, three. Yeah, you know, ninety-three. No, so, fair yeah, call. No, we're okay. Fair call. Um, Glenelg uh, beating South Adelaide uh, in a one-sided affair yeah. in the end. Uh, South were good for. A, quarter, um, but really I think we're looking at the Premiership favourite right here, aren't we? Yeah, we Bruno? are, and they'd had a few out the week before, McBean came back and that, so they are the team to beat. Absolutely. Sturt and North Adelaide. North had everything to play for out at the uh, Wembley of the North, as you like to call it, out yes. at uh, Prospect Oval there, but Sturt coming home with a, a bit of a flurry as well, and, and that game, it's funny, there was two or three games that were in the balance there for for a good half a game where 
uh, you know, uh, North were up at one stage and Centrals were down at one stage and then Nord were up at one stage and then Adelaide was up at one yeah. stage and then all of a sudden Nord went on a bit of a roll, Sturt went on a bit of a roll and Centrals went on a bit of a roll and, yeah, it was just a bit of a weird weekend. I totally agree with you there. Yeah, um, crazy. You know, we, we finish off obviously looking at the top five. You've got Glenelg sitting top. Sturt sitting second, uh, Adelaide sitting third, Central sitting fourth, and Port Adelaide rounding out the top five. And really that draw that they had sort of kept them in it a little bit and, and really snuffed out any opportunity North Adelaide had of making the five. Yeah, so costly day the Roosters. Incredible, we think, of last year's grand finalists of both missed five. Is, yes. Uh, yeah, Ridiculous. Hasn't happened for a while. We might no. have to check the stats no, on that 19, one. 1983. Yeah, uh, Sturt and Western. West in that's 83, correct. so yes. both missed in 84. That's I, the last time. I did remember seeing that stat. Yeah. So, yes, good call. Uh, North Adelaide finishing sixth. Norwood uh, making a bit of a yeah. fist of the season in the end, finishing seventh. Woodville West Torrens, who we thought were going to go a little bit better than they did this year, finishing uh, seventh. Uh, sorry, eighth. Um, South Adelaide finishing ninth and West Adelaide rounding out the top ten. Um, this week's finals, um, Sturt v Adelaide. What what are we sort of expecting there? I just want to see what the Adelaide team who who just is available, is available, and, yep. and you know do that does Crouch play? You know, or do they ice him with waiting to see what happens with contract negotiations? You know, he didn't play in last year's. SNFL finals when he was eligible. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And a bit of talk about his contract going yeah. around today that they think that it's going to get done in the next yeah, week or so. Wait, so. And, see. wait so and see. Schoenberg is a big, big out one. for yep. him. Um, and that. So, look, I'll go for Sturt in that game. Tough call. I'm with you. I want to wait to see yeah. how many players yeah. are available from the Adelaide or how many they're willing to, to release to play I'll go who are eligible. I'll, I'll cover myself there. I'll go for Sturt with what I expect Adelaide to make themselves available. Right. Now, on Thursday night, if that's completely different, don't worry. I yeah. Changing your tip. Fair yeah. call. Yeah. Uh, Central's v Port Adelaide, uh, a bit of a rematch from last, last weekend. Week <laughs> on Adelaide Oval, so similar big round to Elizabeth. Um Centrals have nothing to lose. This is the thing yeah. that Centrals have played almost this way all year uh, round. Um, are they going to play that way again in a final series? They've got again, nothing to lose. They won't see. Do Port decide to play Lysette or do they rest him for next week? But then he's a, he's a run short of a gallop. He probably needs to play this week. So, again, got to wait and see how they decide to approach that and as well. Because Port are still available in yeah. the AFL finals, they do have... Uh, I think options. it's a little bit stricter than what it was yes, automatic. But, but they do have yeah. options of players that need to be playing yeah. games. So yeah. totally understand that. So it's going to be an interesting finals. One that I wanted to throw up, uh, and I, I was going to save it the next week, but I'll do it right here, right now. Do you think these first lot of finals we should be playing at suburban grounds? Oh, very much so. Yeah. I think the only SNFL game which should be at Adelaide Oval is the grand final. Because of the capacity, obviously. Oh, as far as I'm concerned, you, you would get out at the Ponderosa, you know, and really to be able to pump that up where you know we're playing it playing out there, etc. Mm-hmm. That you'd get seven to ten thousand if you played out there this week. Technically you'd say poor you know that but I I think that should be there. And likewise I think the Sturt Crows game should be at only. Absolutely. And you would get, you know, Unley would be... Unley oh, it'd be would pumping. Be pumped. And that's far better than 
seven or ten thousand spaced at Adelaide Oval. Well and true. And a double header as well. You can split it up over the weekend. Oh, no, if... I'd, I'd play them both. Let them let them both run it, so that way they could both get the catering money and the money. Well, and this is what yeah. I was I, actually sort of leading oh. into that. As a bonus to those Adelaide clubs, um, you know, you you really would want to. Sorry, to the SNFL clubs that you'd really want to be playing at your home ground as an advantage oh. in the finals, but also from a catering point of view, from a from a ticketing point of view, from a, a bonus to give those clubs. Do we see that changing anytime soon, or is this something that through the SNFL and well, the uh, Adelaide Oval um, Someone says group- the players want to play there, which I just think it's insane. I just don't get it. Um, I'd want to play at home, personally. That gives me the best chance of winning. You know, and I, you know... As a Nord man, I'd love to have a final at the parade. Well, and again, this is what it gets down to. I mean, you've seen pretty much for a, a pretty full house down at Glenelg there um, uh, last week against South Adelaide. Yeah, all right. South Adelaide's their closest uh, opponent as far as travel goes, and it looked like everybody was was there. It looked like the place was pumping. Yeah, I mean, but they had that game already this year where I thought it was the best promotion yes, there's been of an SNFL game trying to get 10 grand. in years. Yep. And... You know, they had eight, eight odd thousand. So you get eight to ten thousand at a suburban ground. It's pumping. It's a great atmosphere. Eight to ten thousand people at Adelaide Oval, average. Absolutely. All right, mate, we move on to the US Open. The tennis uh, has just started in Flushing yeah. Meadows there. Um, a record 15 Australians making the main draw of the singles this year, both in the men's and the women's. Big tick for Tennis Australia in taking that next step. Yeah, and at least Alex Diminor had a win in the first round. He did indeed. Uh, he won in four sets. Yeah. Um, a little bit of a uh, a tough fourth set. Uh, he was 5-2 up, um, basically had the game in hand, and his opponent uh, decided that, uh, no, he's not ready to walk off court just yet. But I think Diminor really showed some grit there. But um, uh, Rinky Hitchikata, we talked about him previously uh, on a bit of a roll at the moment, winning in four sets there in his round one game, um, but also finds out that there's been a, a shooting at his old old school there yeah. uh, and his girlfriend is still a, a student there. Just not what you want to be hearing oh. as you walk off the court, is it? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Alexi Popperin uh, losing in his first round match there. Uh, Max Purcell played uh, Chris O'Connell, yeah, fellow Australians. Uh, Chris O'Connell getting the chocolates on this occasion. Um, Alexander Zarev uh, took on Vucic, a uh, new player who uh, I've known he's been around for a little while, but I did get some more information, obviously, in the last 24 hours on You're him. You're better on the names than me. Thank mate. you, uh, and especially in tennis. Uh, has been sort of uh, plagued by a little bit of injury over the yeah. last few years. Uh, a bit of a mature tennis player as far as 26, 27 years of age goes, um, you know, and really played well for a straight sets loss against one of the premier players in uh, Alexander Zarev. Jason Kubler uh, unfortunately had to retire in the second set. Tanasi Kokonakis, our man, unfortunately goes down in four. Um, Not what you sort of want uh, from Tanasi at the moment, but that's okay. Jordan Thompson, uh, again, injury, starting to to play a little bit of a part Mm. in that. And Diminor, as we mentioned, gets through. But then we move on to the ladies. he, uh, Alana, sorry, Alana, yes, Alana Tomlanovich, um, absolutely playing 
after a bit of an injury there, playing brilliantly to win in three sets. Yeah, so it, which is promising. Um, ho- hopefully, kicks on and just wait and see. Absolutely. The other one that's coming back from a little bit of injury is Darius Seville or Daria. Yeah, Daria. And I reckon she's got to play the number one seed. She does, yeah. uh, but she won in her first round six love six two. Um, and um, Munchenva lost uh, in her first round match. So did uh, Kimberly Burrill. Uh, and also uh, Olivia Gadecki, who went through qualifying to make the main draw and put up a pretty good fist and won the first set 6-1 and we're yeah. like, hello, how are we going here? But uh, unfortunately losing the next two. All right, mate, we'll keep a bit of an eye on that over the next couple of weeks. I do apologise for any name um Mispronunciations. Oh, I reckon you do pretty well. Uh, there, I can do it when I'm not on the microphone, but sometimes when I'm on the microphone, it's oh, a little bit harder, but that's all right. Pretty well. All right, let's take a very quick break. And when we come back, mate, we're going to talk some basketball, some AFLW, and also the World Cup soccer. You're listening to the Game On Podcast. We'll be right back after this short break. The basketball, mate. The Boomers uh, going pretty well in the World uh, Qualifier. Sorry, the World Cup. A uh, little bit of a hiccup against Germany the other day, but uh, really starting to put their best foot forward now. Yeah, because that was a costly second loss against Germany. I th- uh, one loss against Germany, Germany but, yeah. but they didn't need it in their group yeah. in the way that it's structured. But uh, they have got through their group yeah, stage beach. now. Beat Japan. But it did leave them in a very precarious position, which you do not want to be. And like any sport, the cream does rise to the top. And Josh Giddy and... um, 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 I did have a look at the highlights of that game this morning and Australia had it pretty much under control the whole game. Absolutely. Josh Giddy putting up the numbers that LeBron James has put up in his career. So... He's tracking very, very well, and obviously being South Australian, we're going to keep a bit of a closer eye on him, but he's a gun, absolute gun. Superstar. All right, mate, we move on to the AFLW. He's got uh, round one starting this week. We've got a couple of matches that we're going to talk about very briefly. We've got Port Adela- uh, sorry, Collingwood v Melbourne. Yeah, um, good luck to Steve Simons, no- uh, former Nord uh, coach of the Sanford W as the Collingwood coach, so... Do keep in contact with Simo, so all the best there with Steve. So I admit I'm uh, in the Pies camp in that one. Absolutely, and obviously Melbourne uh, uh, reigning premiers, so they're going to be looking to get off to a good start as well, but no Daisy Pearce, so it does uh, not leave them vulnerable, but it does sort of, it's a bit of a changing of the guard for the Melbourne footy club. Yeah, wait and see. Carlton v the Suns. Look, I think this time of the year it's a little bit of guesswork. Look, I... I don't get it in terms of what they did. AFLW, where they had that window where the Big Bash after 8,762 games had finally finished to start. Yes, I get the bit of not wanting to pay in the heat. I think they could have been smarter with that. Like, I don't think the games had to be automatically live. Like, we could have had it a double header at night and then that game not be on till two days later. I think you, they could have still done that. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, you're starting a competition now when the A-grade part of it in terms yep. of the AFL finals is just about to get cranked finished. up. And you don't, you don't leave a movie, the blockbuster movie to then watch and the then credits. sit down and yeah, I just, I don't get it what they've done. And, 
And look, the numbers showed that where it did drop away. And I, I just think it's, I couldn't believe it at the time. I thought it was ridiculous. And unfortunately, the, the numbers, ratings and all that showed how dumb it was. And I just, yep. I can't believe that they were dumb enough to do it in the first place. And I reckon they should have actually gone, right, hey, hang on, we stuffed up here big mm-hmm. time. For Let, me, it was the, it. for me, it was the perfect lead into an AFL season. Yeah. Yep. But um, yeah, it could this could be the opportunity that it does go back to what it was? Oh. Because I, I'm a bit with you that uh, the teams that are not in the finals now, no interest whatsoever. No. No. Uh, the teams that are in the finals for the AFL, I'm talking for the men's. You know, they're they're wholly and solely committed to their their men's side. So, yeah, it is a bit strange from that point of view. I totally agree. Uh, Adelaide v Port Adelaide showdown. Yeah, look, so, yep, I'll I'll be there um, working on the scoreboard. So, pleased to be doing that. But, um, yeah, so Adelaide will win anyway. Yep, fair call. Geelong v the Bulldogs. I'll go the Cats. I'll go the Cats as well. Uh, Hawthorne v Essendon. We're tipping blind here. Um, Very blind. Yeah. Um, I'll go the Hawks. Yeah, I'll go the Hawks as well. North Melbourne v St Kilda. North Melbourne traditionally probably a bit stronger than St Kilda, so I'll go. I'll go the Roos. Brisbane v Richmond. Brisbane traditionally a bit better. I probably should have asked Barmy a bit more about AFLW last week. Yep. But, uh, on uh, driving him back from Tanunda. And that's a, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go the Brisbane. And the second of the third sort of showdowns, derbies, Battle of the Bridges, we've got Sydney v the Giants. I'll go Sydney. And Frio v the Eagles. Oh, Jay, sorry, GWS are older there, aren't they? They so, are. Yeah, yeah, I'll go GWS, sorry. Yep, and uh, the Dockers v the Eagles. The Dockers. I'll go the Dockers as well there as well. So, look, we are flying a little bit blind yeah. here for week one. Yeah. Uh Mainly because most of our attention has been towards round yeah. 24 in the AFL finals. So it's going to be interesting to sort of sit back this weekend and have a little bit of a look at that in between some of the SNFL that's on as well. So yeah. it's we've going made, to be interesting. We've made our thoughts clear there. We have. All right, mate. We uh, need to talk about the World Cup, the yeah. fallout from the World Cup. Yeah. Such a great event Oof. has been sort of overshadowed by the actions of one person. And again, um, this is nothing new. It's been in the media. So yeah. we do want to give a little bit of comment to it, but we don't want to expand too much. But, you know, with everything that's been going on in women's sport, and it seems like Spain had some internal issues before the World Cup as well with some of their players and coaches. And I would now, have thought we've been educated enough by now is probably the best wording possible there. Yep. Um, yeah, dumbfounded. Astonished, shake my head. Absolutely. Yeah. And you've also got somebody who's not wanting to stand down as oh, well, which oh. you're not reading the room very, very yeah. well there either. Oh, so, appallingly. unfortunately, the World Cup, as great an event as this, has yeah. dragged on probably long enough. And, you know, you need to let what happened sort of sink into a lot of people and go, hey, we need to get this sport going, not only here in Australia, but around the world. Dumb is being polite. Absolutely. Oh, yes. Yeah. So we finished. Australia finished fourth, yes, but somehow fall in the world rankings. Yes, so that's a bit mystifying, and I think we're all scratching our head. So, what games have been counted previously to then drop off mm-hmm. for that to happen? So, I think that's been the big 
talking point around it. Well, huh? From an Australian point of view, I totally yeah. agree. Sorry, I yeah. totally yeah. missed that one on the run sheet, but you're right. Yeah. The same um, people are obviously selecting the uh, the the um, Australian team as far as their rankings go, maybe doing the uh, rising star because oh. I'm scratching my head on that one as yes. well. But, you know, how can a team finish fourth in the World Cup, end up losing a world ranking position is beyond me. So. And fall that far. Yeah, crazy. Absolutely. Crazy. All right, let's uh, head off to a quick break. This time when we come back, we've got Ryan Harris for our yeah. past players, past legends segment. And Rhino... Um, you know, is going to talk obviously about his career, but I'm really looking forward to hearing about what's his best ground and who the best players he played with is as well. You're listening to the Game On Podcast. We'll be right back after this short break. Past players, past legends, past legends. Tonight, we welcome Australian quick bowler Ryan Harris. 27 matches for Australia, 113 wickets. Freakishly exactly the same as Bruce Reid, actually, Rhino. But your average is slightly better at 23. You could bat a tad more than uh, than Bruce. Uh, highest test score of 74 against India. Should have made 100 that day, Rhino. And uh, welcome aboard, mate. Thanks, guys. Nice to, nice to chat. And you're right, I probably should have got 100, day, 100 that day. I was... Uh... You're hitting them I was well. thinking about it too much, and that's why I got out. So. <laughs> Mate, uh, welcome and thanks for joining us. Uh, we, we often get people on the show that are South Australian-focused and doing a bit of research. We didn't realise that you're actually born in New South Wales, but we'll claim you as a South Aussie. <laughs> yeah, no, born in New South Wales, but moved over to, uh, moved over to Adelaide um, probably, I think, about the age of three and a half, four. So, some of your juniors. Where did you start your juniors here in SA? Oh no, it was all, it was all in South Australia. It was all out of Salisbury. The Salisbury just cricket club. I was uh, I grew up playing cricket out there. Went to school out that way and played um, played all my cricket out in in Salisbury. So um, yeah, look, I, I grew up yeah grew up playing playing cricket and, and living in South Australia until I moved to Queensland. I was trying to remember, Rhino, whether it was still Salisbury or Northern Districts, but you were Salisbury, weren't you? I started off juniors at Salisbury. Yeah. Um, yeah. My first, my first first grade game uh, was for Northern Districts. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So um, I would have played. Oh, who knows how many games I would have played? I came through the grades, fourth grade, third grade, second grade. Um, it's at, at playing for Salisbury, and then yeah, first grade debut was for Northern Districts. Okay. Now I remember you then watching watching you Rhino on the district traps, and you were probably really actually. An all very much an all rounder, and if anything, a batsman who bowled, who bowled a bit. When where did the extra yard of pace event then come from in the, from the development from there, Rhino? Yeah, I probably was that um, growing up, but the, the extra yard of pace probably didn't come until roughly two thousand and five. I was I was um, yeah, oh, I don't know. I, I get asked that a lot. I, I probably got I got a lot lot fitter, a lot stronger. Um, didn't do too much technically. I, I probably just got myself fit. I was a bit of a rat bag growing up. When I was contracted with South Australia, yes. I got um, got to the stage where I was, you know, didn't mind a drink and, and mucking around too much, not training properly, and um, got to the point around. I think it must have been maybe two thousand and maybe two thousand three, maybe two thousand four. I nearly lost the contract. I lost my contract actually, and yep. thankfully for my sake, unfortunately for someone else's sake, they didn't take one, so I got it back in the same year. So I lost my job and got my job back. So 
um, got that. I didn't realise it was it was at a time to be a proper professional, or or you know I'm not going to be there in two or three years. So, yep. um, managed to get myself fit and 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 strong. And uh, Wayne Phillips is probably the one to credit for that. Um, you know, he was the one that sat me down and told me, you know, you've got to you got to, you got to sort yourself out. Otherwise, um, yeah, you're not going to be here in a couple of years. So um, I did that and and worked hard and and got fit and. Um, you know, I guess the rest is history. Went from there. Started bowling quicker. That was a big thing about it, and, and landing the ball in a consistent spot. And yeah, I'd say the rest is history from there, probably. It's amazing those sliding doors moments uh, that uh, that sort of the the light bulb goes off and away you go. Yeah, it was. Um, it definitely was that because I, I probably didn't have a lot a lot of outside cricket. I had different little little jobs here and there, and um, yeah, didn't exactly know what I wanted to do outside. Never studied so. Um, I was still only, well, I was still, I'll say only, I was probably 23, 24, so, um, yeah, I needed to do something, and um, you know, thankfully I chose the right decision, and, um, you know, went from there, and, and yeah, as I said, you know, had a, had, a, had a very, very good career, well, okay career at South Australia, I wish I had been better, but then had a good career in Queensland, and then probably, you know, playing some games for Australia, which is uh, something I probably never thought I would do um, with Red Bull, if anything, was probably White Ball, but, yeah. um Managed to do well and, and perform well and consistently and um, you know, get some games in, with the Red Bull, which is fantastic. Now, Rhino, you, your last couple of years for South Australia, you did, you know, you came good and yep. inexplicably for mine were, were not offered what you should have been. Let's just say I may have been wandering into Adelaide Oval one day and ran into Ian McLaughlin and he wasn't expecting a person to come back with a hell of a lot of stats to cut him down in <laughs> cut him down in half. It's never exactly been my problem at speaking up in that regard. And uh, but as it turned out, to go to Queensland, the chance to bowl on the Gabba instead of here um, was a blessing in disguise as well. Um. A lot of people say that, hey, I, I, I didn't see it that way. I, I actually really enjoyed bowling Adelaide Oval. Um, I always felt, obviously, it flattened out a lot in, yeah. later in the game, but I actually really enjoyed bowling on the old Adelaide Oval, not, not as it is now with the drop-ins. But, yeah, now, cool. Yeah, well, it's just yeah. Getting, I mean, it's improving, it's getting better, but I actually really enjoyed it, and I, I like the ball because it reversed back into the game. Yep. Um, but, yeah, to go and get bowl on the Gabba, I, I actually had to sort of try and, I had to learn a new way to bowl in a way because the gabber everyone thinks it's you know it's bouncy fast and That's but it's actually really four, it's, it? it's a hard it, it's a hard place to bowl you've got to you know everyone thinks of you know you put the ball down and it's going to do it itself you, you've got to still put it in the right spot you've yeah. still got to you know um, yeah you you still actually doing it with the ball and and not and not expecting it to happen so um, it's it's yeah look it, I, I, luckily when I got there I had Andy Bickle I had. Um, I had Joe Dawes, who was bowling coach, who was a very good player, great player for Queensland. So yep. some good people in the corner. But I did, yeah. And obviously it was nice to go there and bowl there. But and everyone says, oh, because you moved there, you bowl in the Gabby, you played for Australia. I, I would have played for Australia, I feel, that if I had stayed here as well. Like the way I was bowling at the time, um, I just, I just, you know, I was going well. So yep. I expected that was going to happen. That's fair. So. Oh, as I said, <laughs> I thought you were treated disgracefully by South Australia. And uh, yeah. yeah, I wasn't afraid to say that either. Um, yeah, no, I appreciate that. I didn't know that. But no, look, I, I at the time, it wasn't about, for me, it was more of it, you know, financially, it was pretty good. Um, similar to Queensland, it was more about the extra year. But see, I didn't see that because I felt as though um, I, I wasn't a great athlete for, for them. I was in and out for, for, for six, seven years. And then, um, you know, 
the opportunity to try and get that extra year. Obviously, I wanted, but um, I can understand why they didn't want to give it, and that was fine with me as well. And Queensland did, so you know, it was also a good opportunity for me to get away and and a you know, fresh start and go away and impress um, in a new environment and and take the challenge on. And that's what I did. So I, I never really, I was never fouled the Redbacks. So I was disappointed, at, I guess, at the time that I was leaving, but it, it also ended up in a new chapter, and that was something that you know, look back now, it was it was you know, right decision. Yep, and then the. The test of boo in New Zealand, mate. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> um, yeah, you did okay. Yeah, it did all right. Um, I dropped the catch in the second innings, I think, from a fifer or the first, where we were, I think it was the second innings. I took a fifer. I dropped, dropped the catch. Daryl Tuffy, I think, was my fifer, but um, didn't get it. But, um, yeah, it was obviously a dream come true. I had the family over there. It was everything about the whole thing. Ricky Ponting presenting my cap. It was just a, you know, it was a fantastic occasion, as it is, as, it, as it's built up to be. And, as you know, when you when you get picked, and you you know the the the, the things you hear about the cap ceremonies, um, you know, is 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 everything, um, and you know, plus it's just such a, a great moment. It's a proud moment for for myself, but also my family over there. Test right, cap number four one three, something that obviously is going to uh, remain with you, uh, you know, as part of your memorabilia collection. Um, you spoke of Ricky Ponding sort of presenting it to you. Was was there anything there that's memorable from that that you can share with the listeners? Um, oh, just getting it from him um, and, and the whole moment. I guess the only memorable thing is my family got there in the last second. They weren't allowed in because security wouldn't let them in. So they, oh, they didn't wow. see the whole spill. They literally just got there as I was putting on my head, which which is disappointing, but that was security and that was what happened. But that was probably the only memory from that, the only negative memory. But um, no, look, it's just, it was a great moment. It was fantastic to, to get it from an idol who, who, who idolised and watched for so long and and who, who had a big influence on my career once I got playing. And the way he backed me and supported me was, you know, was fantastic. A guy, as you say, you look up to from afar, but when you get the opportunity to go and play under someone who you idolise um, and, and you, you sort of, I don't know. You don't really know him from afar. Obviously, when you get to know him, he's just a, a, the legend that you see on TV. Is exactly what he is. Um, it, it's um, yeah. It was it was it was amazing. It was just an amazing feeling. And as I said, I managed to play a few tests with him and under him. And um, you know, it was it was great to to see how he played the game and and how he tra- he taught me how to train as well. You know, I trained obviously better after you know that debacle here in Adelaide when I left, but well, yep. to get my contract, but. He he took he took it to the next level and taught us how to do it properly. Taught me how to do it properly, so that was a that was a positive. Now, a couple of quirky things. I'm hoping yeah. one of them you don't know about. Actually, it'll be interesting in a minute. But we will go on the first one that you could have played for England, mate. Yeah, that was that was a beat up, massive beat up. <laughs> I tried Damn to. That. I've, I've got, got it in I've front got, of got, me. Yeah. I've, I've, well, I've got no. That's it's true. No, okay, that, that's that, okay. that is true. It was it was reported as being true. Um, well, it was reported. It wasn't true, but. Um. I had a I've got a British passport, so I went over to play for trying to play a year at Sussex as a as an Englishman. I virtually had to say I was going to play for England, but I was never really going. I was never going to. Right. Um, and um, just to play a season over there. So now I think they brought it in. I think it's called the Robinson Rule or something that you can go have a year over there, Grace. But I was trying to do that. I couldn't do it. So, um, and 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 it was all out that oh he's going to play for England. Well, I was never I was never going to. So. Righto. Let's go see see if this one you realise is. Uh... Five bowlers who've debuted over the age of 30 who've taken over 100 test wickets. Can you name any of them, uh, any of them, Rhino? Oh, um, one of them, you, you should get one of them. One of them, you do, 
It was uh, Gates at Adelaide Oval well, named after him. Oh, Victor Richardson, is it? No, with, sorry, the Victor Richardson Gates. Sorry, there's a Clary yeah. Groomer area at Adelaide Clary Oval. Groomer. Sorry. Yep. Yeah. Bruce, um, Bruce Yardley. Can you, can you just, Bruce Yardley, yeah. Um, no, the others aren't sorry, Australian. Dilip Doshi. Left arm. Oh, as if left. I'm going to get all these. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> it's Sajid Armel. I was just, in a, just mucking around and found that today and thought it was a bit Yeah, yeah, bit no, that's good knowledge, but there's no, there's no way I was going to get that. No, no. I, I, I do find it, in, I reckon it is a kudos to you and a, an interesting stat that you are exactly the same number of wickets as Bruce Reed. Bruce Reed, yeah. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Yeah. And one thing which I, I know you do quite correctly take great pride in, and it's a feather in your cap, you're the honour board of uh, Fifer at Lords, mate. Yeah, mate, it's it's that special, obviously, um, to play a game at Lords. You know, I've played a couple of games there. Um, lucky to play a couple of games there. Obviously, one Test match, but to be on the board there was was nice. I I, I didn't miss, I didn't play the first Test of that series and got a call up for the for the. Um, for the second test, which was which was nice, but to be able to play there and um, you know, yeah, take Fife and have and uh, and get the name on the board is obviously a great thing. And I've been sent a, a nice bit of memorabilia about that from Lords. So I've got that at home, and and a couple of family members actually, my aunties and uncles have um, have um, you know been through Lords the tour and see my name on there and taken photos. So it's quite a nice thing. Yeah, uh, that's uh, that that's there, and um, yeah, something I always cherish. Two other individual things. Uh, hitting a six for South Australia to win a one one day, I reckon it was, against Queensland? Yeah, that was against Queensland. I was talking to Dizzy about that. He was at the other end, Big Diz. I was right. talking about that just the other day. Um, I'm confident that you had more chance to hit it for six than Diz, mate. <laughs> well, he, no, I wouldn't say that because he's made a test 200. Yeah. That would be his go-to. Yeah, so. I know. That would, <laughs> be, that would be his comeback line. Very true. Dizzy's been in some uh, pretty memorable run chases, and there's another yeah. one. Yeah, he has, and he was at the other end, and um, yeah, it happened. I think it was the next year I might have gone to Queensland. I think I'm not sure. I'm not sure on that. It might have been 2007. I think I did that. Um, but yeah, it was it was look that was obviously a great great moment, and I remember that very very clearly. Um, you know, Queensland had run through us, and they bowled all their bowlers, and we managed to fight. And Lachlan Stevens was the bowler who uh, who was was tasked with bowling the last over, and I managed to get him. So that was a good thing. And then let's go the other ball of the century, the yeah. the ball in Perth to get uh, to get Alastair Cook. That was abs- Is that the best ball you ever bowled? Uh, What's well, up there? <laughs> Definitely. Jeez, um, <laughs> if you I bowled, bowled any others good as good in, as that. Oh, I bowled a couple of good ones through the whole career, but I bowled a couple of good ones in England actually in 2013. The Joe Root, I think I got. And yes. Matt Pryor, I got a couple, but. Um, yeah, that, that's obviously one that, you know, I think the one that, that one stands obviously first ball of the third test, you know, to win the Ashes for Australia. And that was, you know, that was a big wicket for us. It always was, obviously, yep. Cook. Um, you know, a huge wicket for us. And, um, and and to be able to get, you know, get off to a start to, to win the Ashes. It was a big day that for, for us, for that for that group. And um, to be able to do that, I guess, um, yeah, it was, was amazing. And again, I, I mean, I get it every year. Um, you know, October 11, my birthday. Um, that's nothing, when it all comes out again. Nothing wrong so with that. Gets reminded. <laughs> exactly right. So, uh, so Rhino, the frustration of so many injuries in your career, mate. Because yeah, let's go th- yeah, it, it was probably it was probably a number of things with you know not looking after yourself earlier and 
been a bit of a bit of a dickhead and rat bag and all that sort of stuff. But um, you know, I guess I didn't have you know I had a lot of well, I didn't have a lot of soft tissue injuries, more structural things. So when I did it, I really did it good. And uh, you know, and in the end, it got me you know my knee in the end. That was the reason I finished. Yeah. Because um, I that was thirty five. I was probably a young thirty five because I hadn't played a lot of cricket. So um, that was the thing that got me in the end. And and again, that was a bit of stupidity with the reason that. But, but that happened, you know, I had a knee operation, had a uh, meniscus repair and after about, it was about a six month recovery. After about three months, I was taking hangers up blokes back at school and ripped it again and, <laughs> and, and, they, and they had to remove their meniscus. And in the end, that's where, my, where I ended up damaging my leg, my, my, bone, my, my bone. And that's what cost me, um, you know, it cost me more, more games, I guess. So, um, but I had different things here and there, you know, knees and, and shoulders and back. So I didn't have yeah. too many back problems that kept me out, but it was just when I did something, I did it good and it was a, it was a period of time out. Now, uh, most of our guests, uh, we often talk about how far they've travelled. Uh, you're obviously born in New South Wales, but obviously here in South Australia, you ended up at Sussex, then at Queensland, in Queensland. Uh, you played for the Declan Chargers uh, and yep. Surrey and then the uh, Kings eleven. Yeah, yeah, I played all them. Second charges, I ended up going there in 2009, which is the second year of IPL. Ended up winning the, the comp there, um, which was great. Um, played a couple of games at Surrey. Again, that's when my knee started to flare up. Well, I had an opportunity probably to play about six or seven games. Ended up playing probably two. Um, and then, yeah, heading back over to the IPL with, you know, with, with Kings Eleven played there and, and even went back and coached the year there, which is which was, which was fantastic as well. So, I think that's the unique thing about cricket. It can take you all around the world. And, you know, I've travelled playing to a lot of places. And, you know, India especially, I, uh, you know, I, I didn't play a test match in India, which was disappointing um, not to get that under my belt. But, uh, you know, I've been over there and, and, and played IPL and, and coached over there, which is fantastic. So, uh, you know, South Africa is a great place. England's a great place. Sri Lanka is a beautiful place. West Indies is a great place. So, you know, I've managed to travel around and see all them. Well, you've sort of led me into my next question, which we normally ask a little bit later in the interview, but we'll ask it while we're here now. Your favourite ground that you've you've played at, um, you know, here in Australia and also overseas? Oh, it's hard to pinpoint one. Um, you know, the MCG, I've had the, I've had the job of the first ball on Boxing Day at MCG against the National Series. So, you know, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, pretty hard to go past. But, but Adelaide Oval, even Adelaide Oval back then, when it was the old Adelaide Oval, but now it's just... It's just, excuse me, just unbelievable. Um, it was a place, to, great place to play. Uh, overseas, obviously, Lords is up there as well. Uh, Lords is massive, um, you know. And then, far out, Cape Town, uh, Cape Town with it, you know, Table yeah, Mountain in the background. Mountain, yep. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful ground, beautiful place to bowl. Um, great place to play, and um, so it's hard to pinpoint one. I've played at so many great grounds. Barbados, even, um, you know, was was a was a great place to play. So. Been lucky enough, as I said, to travel around and, and play at those grounds. Now, a serious one. Buff's influence, you know, obviously most you know, the most influential person, but not only cricket but life. Um, Darren's yeah, influence yeah. overall, mate. Go for it. Yeah, he's been like he's been like a second father to me, Buffer. Yeah. Um, you know, my whole cricketing life, he's had, he's been a part of it, even from the Salisbury days. I used to go and watch him as a kid. Yep. Um, you wouldn't believe he's just actually texting me right now. How funny is that? So, yeah, that's not um, a, that's not a total surprise. No, no, <laughs> you know, no, no. He, he, you know, from a young kid, I used to go and watch him, and you know, you know, all the greats at Salisbury that I grew up with, and taught me how to play the game, and, and um, you know, and and you know, he's he's been there just about, I think, all, all but probably one, 
maybe two years of my cricket, senior cricketing life, he's been a part of it, whether it's been captain. When I moved to Queensland, he came up, I think, a year later to, 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 um, to coach yeah. Brisbane in the T20. Uh, and he was interim coach for the Shield team for the rest of that season because we lost our coach. So he, he all about that two years. And obviously playing for Australia as well. We went there and he followed, well, I keep saying he followed me. <laughs> but um, but in my whole cricketing career, he was almost, he was almost, he was there. So as, as a, as a you know, he's still one of my best mates and, yep. and will be until the day we die. But um, yep. just a great bloke cricketing. He was always honest with me. He, he, he'd have a crack at me when he did. He'd compliment me when he, when he, when he could and, and as I said, off the field, he supported me through losing my mum. You know, he lost his mum and dad yeah. now. And, yeah. you know, so we, we, we've been great mates. And, you know, being in Queensland before I came here, we, we worked really closely together with the second 11 team up there and travel together and, you know, just, you know, sit and talk, you know, what together. It's just, it's, yep. it's always great. It's nothing that you can't, we can't tell each other. And he still helps me now. He's, you know, he's helped me on this coaching journey to make the decision to come to South Australia was one of the hardest ones I've made. Um, and he, and he, you know, he was the one I probably confided in the most. So, yeah. um, you know, we, we're going to be mates as I said to the day we die, like day we die. And I, I love him, and, and he's such a just a, a great person. Oh, he's so genuine. Look, I, I, I was there that the the famous Salisbury win. I think it's mm. the most famous district cricket win here in South Australia, where Salisbury chased down the four hundred odd mm. when when Nobsy had made two hundred plus for West Torrens and. Buff went out to bat. He batted about eight, I reckon, and just went out and just the typical Darren Lehman we grew to love you. Know, he just dinked it. Knew exactly yeah. like the human computer batting. 70-odd not out to win the game. 74 not out, I reckon, in the dark to chase down 400. Yeah. It was incredible. I think he was only 16 then too, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. And he's yeah, just I, I, I remember that. I never computer. seen his, yeah. I didn't see that, but I remember I read a I used to I mean I read up about a lot of our stuff from the yeah. club and you'd see photos and you'd hear people talk about that a lot. And I think I mean even he still talks about it. He remembers just about every hit he has. So Yeah. Um you know, very yeah, he's yeah, I mean he's a legend. He's a legend out there. He yep. he goes it's the thing about it, when he comes home, he most of the time, um, you know, he comes back every a lot now, pops back to see his grandkids and yeah. uh, but most of the time he's here for a bit, he'll pop out and see all the mates from out that way. And that's you know, that was his yes. club and he never forgets them. That's Darren, and yeah, my dad's involved still with East Iron, so I st- still see a fair bit of, you know, buff out there, and yeah, that's yeah. Uh, Jake did hit a ball on the road a couple yeah, two, right. two years ago, and uh, Darren got there, and some said, "Hey, five minutes too late." Jake's just hit one on the road, and Buff's replied, "Yeah, been there, done that, did that three or four yeah, times." Yeah, exactly himself, right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. Mate, uh, we've been watching some of your footage here uh, on the video that we've got going uh, of some of your highlights, and. Um, Mate, there's a couple of five-wicket hauls there that uh, must stand out for you. Oh, which ones? I mean, <laughs> I know that sounds – I don't mean to sound arrogant there. Which no, ones? No. I mean, I've we're, got the worst memory in the world. That's right. We're looking at a couple from here in Australia. I'm assuming one would be at, in Perth. Yeah, one at the Wacker in 2000 and uh, – was that, 2010-11? Yep. Yeah, that was a nice one. Um Again, we're under the pump that series. That was my first Ashes series, and we're under the pump. We ended up losing it, obviously. But um, I missed Brisbane, played uh, Adelaide, lost heavily, and then obviously we went to Perth trying to win that to keep the series alive, and we did. And we, yeah, obviously, and then went to Melbourne. I ended up breaking down in Melbourne, ended up breaking my leg. <laughs> so um, that that series I remember, unfortunately. Yeah, that was in fact that was the last time we won the series in, in Australia. So that's why that stands out. But. Um, yeah, look, it's always nice to take five wickets, no matter where you are. And, yeah. you know, whether you've got, obviously, test, test five is great, but, you know, 
taking five um, wickets for Queensland or South Australia was always a priority as well, and that was that was my job. So I always enjoyed doing it. And then on the coaching merry-go-round, you know, you, did you start originally with a high performance? in Brisbane with uh, with Maddie Herb Elliott? Yep, I did. Um, that was my first job out, my first full-time job out. So I had a year where after I retired, I had probably had a year out and, and was doing bits and pieces here and there and learning learning the craft. And I mean, I've, I'd started the coaching journey from from way earlier, from five or six years earlier, because of, because of the injuries, as we mentioned. And with Buff being around, he, he was able to get me on some, you know, just some opportunities that, um, you know, to, to experience coaching. So, and I've done, I've done all my courses. I, I, I you know, I, I read up a lot about coaches and see what coaches doing. So I had the opportunity. So when that finished and the opportunity came up, I, um, I was actually on an Australian tour as an assistant in New Zealand when I, when I applied for, well, when I an interviewed for that role and for the, it was basically it's called the national, it was national performance school, which is the, the old cricket academy. So, uh, I got that and along with Matty Elliott and, and, and only, well, I ended up working with him for 10 months because he ended up leaving. But um, yeah, it was great. I mean, it was a great experience to work with him. Uh, he was, he's got a great cricket brain. And yeah. from there, and I guess from there on, it just sort of snowballed and, and I was I managed to be there for five years. Did did two World Cup, under 19 World Cups. Um, you know, did, did obviously a number of Australia A tours and a couple of Australian tours. And, and then obviously... Went into Queensland at that, that end of the cricket show. Went to Queensland and, and did the pathway there for a couple of years. But I was also, also you know, obviously I wanted to try and get into senior roles. I had a couple of senior roles I knocked back from other states, and and here I am now in Adelaide. So um, yeah, it is, it is, it is what it is. What was coaching ever on the mind while you were playing, or is this something that's yeah. just sort of popped yeah, up? It always was. Yeah, no, it always was. I loved it. I always enjoyed talking about the game. I probably didn't see the game in the light of a captain, but I always enjoyed talking about the game and loved it. So. Um, yeah, look, it, it was always what I wanted to do, and you know, as I said, luckily I've, I've been I've been lucky enough to fall into it. So, and so, <laughs> so in Queensland, so were you bowling coach as well with the Queensland side last season? Oh, I wasn't. I was sitting under Andy Bickle, right? Okay. Um, so I was sort of advising uh, under him. So um, yeah, I wasn't as such uh, the bowling coach, but uh, obviously there for experience. So. And how do you feel looking at South Australia this year? You know, we, we've got a bit of depth, probably probably as much depth as we've had for a while in fast bowling. I, I just feel sorry for the guys having to bowl on Karen Rolton. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that's changing. That's changing because there's a drop-in, two drop-in wickets there now. So that's going to okay. change. Okay. That's only just happened. So now we've got a lot of depth. I'm really excited about it. That's half the reason I moved here. I saw the depth that we had. And, you know, we've... Um, We've got a lot. We've got a lot of good depth there, so we just got to try and keep them all fit and, and going in the right direction, and and um, and hopefully, you know, we, we, we take twenty wickets a game. If we do that, then we we um, you know, we're going to win lots of games. And obviously, we're going to get runs, but we'll we'll do that, and hopefully, you know, they keep the boys oh, cause um, cook, some, cooking as, nicely. As someone who's you know has led the odd tragic life, I have been at a shield game where there were sixteen people there, and I knew every one of them. I realised I had a problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. At Karen Rolton, watching you know the last. Years, honestly, it's just I've I've felt sorry for the bowlers. It's just been yeah, it's been bad. It oh, has been bad, been terrible. But, but again, it's 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 you know, unfortunately, with the, the quick turnaround from footy yeah. that they have there, there's just no time for for Trent Kelly who works there as a oh, yeah, to get yeah. stuff yeah. up. So, yeah, I'm not having you know, a go up Trent in that regard. Well, yeah, but they, they they've they've sorted that. They've um they've got a they've got a they've dropped in two wickets down there, which is which is going to help us. So good. So ironic. It was funny, growing up, I think we all thought probably one day I was going to be more the go than possible test-wise. 
It, mm-hmm. You didn't play a huge number of one days, 21 one days, with the uh, although the five for 19 uh, does stand out well and truly, Rhino. Just a bit about what your one days, mate. Yeah, a little, little, I'm even to this day disappointed I didn't play many more or more yeah. one days. But um, again, that was around the time my knee was starting to play up. So um, just, we sort of, pro- well, I, at first I didn't, but Cricket Australia sort of started prioritising test cricket. Uh, and then I sort of understood what my knee, what was going on with my knee, and then realised that every ball I bowled was getting closer and closer to retirement. So I sort of I jumped on board with it. But um, yeah, look, I, I wish I'd. I loved playing one-day cricket for show. It was, was, was amazing. And I fought bloody hard to get into the team. I, I was in and then I was out. And then I fought hard to get back in. I got in and then I, I tried so hard that I bowled badly and got out. And then obviously the talk about my knee. So it was a disappointing end. But, I mean, I, I had a good time when I was there. I managed, obviously, I two, two, two on the trot against Pakistan. Uh, one in Perth and one in Adelaide. So yep. two fighters. So, um, yeah, look, it was a great, again, a great period of time to be able to be playing um, well, two forms. I was sort of around the T20, in and out of that. But nice to be playing two forms of the game and and, yeah, and, and enjoying that. So, as I said, one day cricket was always was great. But you're right. I, I, I that was that was something I, I mentioned earlier that you know if I was ever going to represent Australia, it was probably going to be more on that shorter format as an all rounder. And um, and you know, lo and behold, I, as I said, once I sorted myself out and and yeah. started playing some decent cricket, then the Red Bull stuff came along too, which. Um, which obviously, yeah, well, I mean, all of it was a dream come true, but to be, yeah, as, as he's already spoken about, receiving the baggy green cap was, 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 a, was a massive bonus and a huge dream come true. And you did get to the 300, and, uh, 300 just over the 303 first-class wickets too, too, Rhino. Yeah. Yeah, again, that, that's, I guess that's something that I, I, you know, people ask me in my stats. I, I know my test stats, really, but I don't know much else about what I did and, you know, I think you know, when you hear that, and 300 is not bad. Uh, well, these days, in this day and age, you know, bowlers seem to take a lot more than that. But you know, 300 is a good number. As I said, if yeah. I had played a bit more through a few injuries here and there, it might have, it would have been more. Hopefully, it might yeah. have been more. But yeah. again, I don't, I don't have, um, I don't have too many regrets. You know, once I, once I did get, get on the, you know, the, the right way and and started bowling well, I, I bloody enjoyed every minute of it. It was good fun. I got so, one. I've uh, got one in your career that you never played in a winning South Australia Shield side. But unfortunately, I say that to most people, mate. Is that true? I'm just saying, out of set, mucking around, saying about. <laughs> oh, right, I was going to say. No, 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 I'm about. Won a game. No, no, no. I'm saying about not winning a shield. I'm oh, sorry, shield. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yes. No, yes. For me, yeah, for me, so for me, the Sheffield Shield is the holy grail, mate. So. Well, again, going back onto about the Queensland move, originally, um, you know, we spoke about playing at the Gabba and playing for Australia. That 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 was the whole. Well, at the time was. You know, a new opportunity, but another reason why I moved, I wanted yeah. to win a trophy. And yeah. I don't know, and I say it to the boys this to that now, the group we play, um, how we didn't win a trophy around that time when I was, um, you know, playing for South Australia was, it still gets me because of the sides we had. Yeah, we had sides know, it, where we should have been better, no doubt about it. We that. should have been, we absolutely. And, and, and you know, and, and so, you know, to, to go away and, um, you know, as I said, I, my dream when I moved away was to play. Um, obviously, the big dream was to play for Australia, no doubt. I'm not going to lie about that. But to move to Queensland, who, who you know, won so many shields around that yeah. time beforehand, to win a Sheffield Shield was was what I wanted to do. I'd sit and watch it, you know, on TV as a kid, yep. and I wanted to play in that game. That was my that was my Test match, and um, yeah, to go up and do it. I mean, to, to, that day I remember it 
so clearly together against Tasmania and you know, we were in a hell of a trouble and Chris Hartley and Steve McLaughlin put on this amazing Yes, that's and, right. Yeah. And and, and to win it, mate, that was that was oh, I've had kids, so I've had a pretty good couple of days with the kids and getting married, but that was up there and, and obviously my test debut yeah. and baggy green. But winning a winning a trophy, winning a Sheffield Shield, mate, it was a very emotional day for me and um, you know, something I'll again I always remember and um, you know, it was it was fantastic. So that you know, that was another big reason why. Yeah. Um, to, to be to have to be offered the opportunity to go to a place like Queensland that was so strong, so you know, um, sport driven and and cultural culturally driven um, of winning, you know, was it was a not was a massive um, oh, what's the word a uh, um, you know Philip to go there, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know, just for them to to come to me and 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 you know invite me, I guess up there was was such a, a great thing. So. Uh, and, and being up there for so long, I just see how they they get it. They just do sport so well. In, the weather the weather helps as well. Yeah. Well, that helps. But I mean, yeah. more it's more about more about it's, winning's like in the blood, and that sounds yeah. like silly, I know. But it, they just know how to win. I mean, I've watched so many State of Origins, you know, and, and they just Queensland shouldn't have won, and they did, and 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 just other just sport up there. They just know how to win. They don't give up. And, Which and is ironic, just, isn't it? Because this, I know I'm older than you, Rhino. So out of that, but the yeah. standard joke where Queensland kept losing the shield, they'd grab defeat well, from did. the jaws of victory so many times, Correct. and a, yeah. it was a standard joke of of Queensland losing in the shield and Collingwood losing and mm-hmm. losing another final yeah. in the AFL for years. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, 94, 95, wasn't it? I yeah. Think. Was that their first one? Yeah, that when was against we us. Against us, yeah. Don't worry, I do remember <laughs> you know, that, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and uh, you know, and, 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 and now, I mean, having won so many since then, and, and we've won one, which obviously was the next year. So, yeah. you know, that's my goal. We're talking about my old shield, but this is my goal here now. Is, uh, is And we're talking trophies here now. And, and so we should be. Because improvement, exactly, and... And that's what Dizzy's strong on. And I've mentioned that, you know, I, that was another reason I came, I moved here with the, the, the talent group that we have. We're in that tour and, and we've just got to make sure the players believe that. And that's been our, that's our job, been our job the pre-season and, and how we do that and, you know, get them believing that. And that's the main thing. So and that's it's a bit want, more you know, consistency that's, that's with result. the batting and then a little bit more consistency by, and, and more and fielding, we you know we still dropped way too many catches last year for, especially yeah. for bowling on Karen Rolton. For bowler creates yeah. the opportunity. We you know we did grass just yeah. too many. So I, I actually don't. We're not far away. And you know, yeah, I, I can tell you now we've well Dizzy's focus. I've I'm been unbelievably shocked how much fielding we've done this winter. Dizzy is yeah, um, absolutely smashed the guys with catches, with outfield stuff, high catches, slips catches. Uh, we've just literally finished our last game on camp today. Yep. Um, the catching and fielding up here, we've already seen improvement, so we've just got to make good. sure we carry that into the games. And so, um, you know, that's where Diz is really good. He's gotten feedback from players. He's looked at stats from last year. And, yeah. And what do we need? The big thing that came out of it was we need more fielding and we've done it. So um, we give him every chance. We've, we've, you know, Diz, as I said, has adapted to what they, they've asked for and what they want and, it's up to them now to go out and, and actually execute on the on the day and, and, and hopefully they deserve success. They they work hard. They've worked really hard. They deserve success. And I'm happy that, I've, that I said that. That that was my thought mm. immediately. And probably mm. people don't don't think enough about fielding. We all think geez, just got to make more runs yeah. or got to take more wickets. Well, no, let's yeah. you know the whole the whole box and dice. So well, t- taking taking twenty wickets is hard. Taking twenty three, yep. twenty four is even harder. Yeah, so, um, exactly. And the boys know that. So and and you guys had a little bit of a pre season in Darwin there a couple of weeks ago. 
No, we're still here. Oh, you're still there? <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, we're still here. We're, that's why I've, I'm just, when I've interrupted phone calls, I've had to catch up with the blokes that I haven't seen for a while. Nah, so fair, I was with the Australian team. So, um, no, look, it's been, we've had eight days up here. We've, we've had two practice games today and, and on so Wednesday, on Monday, we had um, quite a big training um, block at the beginning of the time here. Um, and we've had great weather. We've had great facilities up. Darwin up here, is just, the ground of facilities up here is just phenomenal. So, um, we've been very, very sport from, from NT cricket um, to be up here and to have these facilities. We've had the run of the, the we've had, you know, eight turf, seven turf wickets. We've had two seven wicket, wicket or wickets that have been just unbelievable. So the preparation's done. We've, we've been, we've been spoiled. We've, we've, we've trained really, really well. Diz um, has said to me, this is if not the best pre-season. You know, we've had a lot of guys away, but they've come back and joined us in good nick. They've looked after themselves overseas, but to get this, you know, the two or three weeks beforehand and then coming in here with the whole group has just been fantastic. So, um, you know, it's been great. So we've got, we've got no excuses. We just want to make sure we keep a look after the boys, keep them fit, uh, look after themselves and, you know, let the cricket and, and the results, you know, do the talking. Okay, Rhino, well, the way we finish yep. off. Uh, Let's do it. Let, so best players played with, hardest batsmen, oh. uh, hardest people to bowl to, that sort of scope. Yeah, uh, mate, um, go for it. And, and you can do a top top three. You don't yeah, have to name yeah, one. Just like. say, yeah, go for I it. Sit on the fence on these things. So P- Ponting, Clark, and Smith would be the ones I've played with, and that's cutting out a few others as well. Yep. Um, they'd be the three, I reckon. And I'm leaving out one of my mates, a couple of the best mates there, my bowlers and Mitchell Johnson as well. So that, I go to the I go to the batters. So I just I was in awe at what they did. Yep. Um, Top three against Kevin Peterson's number one. He was a freak. Um, he 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 was just different. He was he's such he's such a big big unit that he that he, he had to bowl different lengths to him. Um, Sachin Tendulkar would have to be one. I can't leave him out. I got him yeah. at the back end of his career. Um, who else? I reckon probably AB De Villiers is another one. Um, lucky enough to play with him. I play against him. Um, so, you know, I, I played, and again, that's really hard to pinpoint three yeah. in each because, yep. you know, I've managed to play with and against some, some absolute legends of world-class players. Mate, uh, thank you very much for, for joining us tonight. I know we've had a couple of little technical issues yeah, along the way, but nah, apologies all good. for that. <laughs> nah, all good, but, um, <laughs> mate, we absolutely loved your career uh, as a bowler and as a batsman. Uh, you know, looking over some of these stats, we, we forget that a little bit that uh, oh, you, you could, could bat. bat. Rhino could bat. Yeah, absolutely. I, I saw enough for Salisbury to start with as well, so I'm showing my age again, Rhino. <laughs> the, the one stat that I'm still a little bit unsure on is 48 runs in your one-day career. Who was batting above you? Because obviously they were making a lot of runs. Oh, no, I think oh everyone. I mean, back then, I went to one took over. I'd probably let my batting go and... Mm. I, to be honest, with you, I probably got scared of the fast ball. I, I didn't do enough with it, and then as I got in, got, got going again and got the confidence, you know, I actually didn't fear batting. I love batting, and you know, um, you know, that's where I wish I had done it well, a lot more work on it earlier. As I did, I saw we, I went, went from being that sort of batter to the bowler, yeah. and I switched completely. I didn't do enough. So, uh, but it is what it is. I, you know, now I guess one of the only things I didn't do is score a first class hundred, which I should have done. Yeah. But, Thank you. At the end of the day, that's, it is what it is. Absolutely. Well, mate, thank you very much once again for joining us. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure, and uh, we wish yourself and the Redbacks the uh, the best of luck for season 23-24. Greatly appreciated, yeah, Rhino. Look forward to catching no up. Thanks, mate. Thanks, boys. Thanks. Seriously, thank you. Bye-bye. Ciao. All right, and we thank Rhino for his time here tonight, and um, 
Yeah, we did have a couple of technical issues along the way, but we got there in we the end, there. and Rhino was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, look, I've got a lot of time for him. Let's go back a long way. I, you know, I remember him vividly as a kid and, and that, and, yeah, he's just a genuine guy to catch up, loves to chat about cricket and, and that. Uh, yeah, don't worry. He did okay in terms of that side of things off the ground when he was younger. Absolutely. And he admits that himself, that he had to learn and improve and – yeah, came through in the end, well a- and truly. Amazing how, you know, you can get around a group of people and it drove him to excel himself. And he talked about, obviously, Ricky Ponning and how he just seen him do it a totally different way. And and Flipper's influence, yes. which is good too to hear. It's good to hear something because Flipper, we all associate Flipper with the flippant and, you know, the, the 159 on debut joke and all that. Mm-hmm. It's great to actually hear someone talk seriously about Flip. Yep. And Darren Lehman was the other one who was a a, a fantastic mentor to him. And as we were speaking to him, guess who uh, dialed in as well? Uh, Text him, yeah. Knowing how much how close those two are, I reckon it was probably paying a dollar oh one for that to happen. Absolutely. All right, mate. Let's uh, let's move on to happy days. Happy days. And, mate, uh, happy days. Uh, Happy birthday to Phil Davis, Adelaide Crows GWS, drafted in 2008 with the 10th selection, originally from St. Peter's College and North Adelaide. Davis missed the end of the 2008 and the beginning of the 2009 season due to shoulder surgery injury. He played for North Adelaide in the uh, SANFL, obviously with the close selection towards Adelaide in 2009. Named as an emergency numerous times before he's made his debut in round four 2010 against Carlton at Amy Stadium. And a couple of Adelaide guys actually went and told him, hey, you can't knock back what GWS have offered. It was obscene. Yes. um, For the footy he played and all that. And yeah. The Hackney High boy had to take that one up. Absolutely. And, you know, if Adelaide had kept some of those players together, mm. who knows what might have been. It's amazing, those sliding door moments. Yeah. But you're right, the uh, the money was ridiculous and he had to look at it seriously and ended oh, up yeah, becoming, exactly. he's going to become an, a GWS great in the long run and just recently announced his retirement. Oh, and he'll end up being, he's a pretty smart cookie and I'm sure I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up, you know, in time, being a, Har- a Tom Harley and administration side of things as well. Absolutely. All right, we move on to tennis. This week in 1959, the 48th Davis Cup. Australia beats USA in New York 3-2. Yeah. The glory, the, you know, that's just before the... Yeah, so it'd be interesting that is to check who played and all mm-hmm. that. Um, I should have provided some names yeah, as part no, of no, my we'll, uh, research, we'll but we'll, we'll have to look that one up as well. I We've still got a couple. Done the fifty-three ashes. So. We'll, we'll put that down yeah, for next I week. I am. I am writing that down, mate. We'll stick with cricket. Uh, uh, Nineteen sixty-eight. Uh, Sir Garfield Sobers becomes the first cricketer to hit six sixes in one over uh, against Nash from Glamorgan was the bowler. So I knew you'd know that one. Yeah, I'm a, as you know, a bit of a nut. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so, oh, look, you only got to talk to KG and the people who play with Sobers that he is. He's, you know, Brabham's the best batsman. Sobers the best all-rounder in history. Absolutely. Uh, we stay with cricket. Uh, cricketer, uh, sorry, in 1979, cricketer Ian Botham passes 1,000 runs and 100 w- wickets in tests in his 21st match for England. Yeah, it's <laughs> a pretty fair effort, I don't know. Yeah, effort. 
uh, Beefy, you know, he's one of the greats and probably, his, you know, as his career, he probably put on a bit of weight that did affect his bowling, but his bowling record is still great. Yes. But if he hadn't done that, you actually wonder how much better it could have been. But he is one of the all-time greats. Absolutely, well. and uh, he's certainly up there in yeah. those three or four that we yeah. always talk about as yeah. one of the greats, and that statistic basically says it yeah. for me. And to finish us off on cycling, 2012, the Asada uh, claims that have been stripped in uh, Lance Armstrong for his seven Tour de France titles. Unbelievable stuff, really. Sad in the end. I it think is. it was deflating for those, you know, we'd all worshipped Armstrong and how good, and oh, he's come back from cancer and all that. And then where it eventually came out, finally, uh, hey, hang on. Yeah, probably a lot. You, it left a bad taste and probably tarnished the sport in that yes. for a fair while. And a lot of people were obviously rooting for him to do pretty well considering the troubles that he had yeah. had. So. Yeah, it was amazing that it, it went unnoticed for so long as well. That's the other thing. Yeah. So, All right, mate, we'll leave the happy days there for today. Up next, we're going to revisit a subject that we've done every now and then, but uh, instead of our extra time big finish, we're going to do flashbacks today and we're going to look at the Port Adelaide-Brisbane 2004 Grand Final. Yep, well done. Flashbacks. Flashbacks. Today we wanted to have a look at the 2004 Brisbane v Port Adelaide Grand Final because that is actually the last time that Brisbane and Port played each other in a final. Still, your all your fault, Roger James. The pain you have put on put on us all. The um, 2004 Grand Final, Port Adelaide 17 goals, 11, 113 defeated Brisbane 10, 13, 73. First time in AFL VFL history that. Uh, both competing grand finalists were based out of Victoria yeah, or Melbourne. Yeah, it was. And I oh, look, two, and Lee Matthews was still absolutely ropeable and quite correctly because Brisbane had were forced to play the prelim away when it should have been at the Gabba. And he's always claimed that he thought that cost them big time. Absolutely. So we'll never know out of that one. And Port did run all over them. They did. They, Port were fantastic, you know. Port got home in that epic prelim final against St Kilda, Kilda, where Roger James was, you know, kept Port in the game early, and I've always called him Lord Voldemort for that. It's his (laughs) fault. Um, And he was fantastic. And then, of course, in the grand final was uh, also the the toe-to-toe with uh, Alistair Lynch and Daryl Wakeland, and I constantly remind Wakes that he was uh, never a chance of, of taking up boxing too as well. Absolutely. Now, we've got some footage here. We're going to play for all our Port Adelaide supporters. A bit of a recap of uh, grand final day for Port Adelaide.
in this first quarter. If they do that, they are a chance. The two best teams of the past three years finally get to face off for football's biggest prize. It's desperate and determined. at both ends as the ball bought in and here is Byron Pickett stalking dangerously he's kicked the fourth for Port and it doesn't take much for Jason Ekermanis oh, oh no speed reversed and Hartwick sucked Ekermanis in Mate, famous so line. It is a famous line. Uh, the Brisbane Lions headed into the 2004 Grand Final looking to claim their fourth straight premiership, but they had to do it the hard way, being forced to host a home preliminary final, which you mentioned a little bit earlier on, obviously, yeah. in Melbourne. Port Adelaide, meanwhile, were hell-bent on erasing the painful memories of the past three years by claiming their maiden flag. Mate, some of your... Um, Memories of, of that, obviously you talked about uh, Wakelin and, um, and um, Lynch going toe-to-toe in the square, but uh, Roger James was fantastic, who's a previous guest of ours as well, but Byron Pickett was fantastic as well, wasn't he? Oh, Byron Pickett, Bergon, Wanganeen, 
in terms of that, look, and the other one, I actually thought Kane Corn should have won the, the Norm Smith yep. personally. His job on Simon Black, not only cut him out of the game, but dominate himself as well. Um, there's a lot of people, because Kane's the shock jock and he's got to say stuff, and people keep forgetting that how much competition in the media, the crap they say, they don't really mean it. Yep. They're only doing it to try and get clicks and get a bit noticed. of a headline, yep. You know, like the Taranto bit, and people take that as gospel and all that, but. People do forget how bloody good a player he was as well. He sacrificed his game, obviously, for the team. And, you know, f- for someone to do that in a grand final, uh, you know, it's obviously well, you want to be playing your best. He's a best and fairest winner, twice All-Australian. He was an absolute gun, you know. And and out of that, let's also remember Port Treadray, almost Treadray v Brown a yes. little bit there. Um, oh, look, no, they were fantastic that day. Going through, be fair. Yeah, absolutely. And going through Port Adelaide's side, you've got Wakeland, Montgomery, Wanganine, Laid, Schofield, Burgoyne, Burgoyne, Carr, Hardwick, Pickett, Treadray, Jew, Kane Corns, Bishop, Brogan, Wilson, Marnie, Cassisi, Thurston's, Kingsley, Kane Corn, uh, Chad Corns. That's a pretty fair group oh, when yeah. you look at no, how. No, no. And, and and Mark Williams, obviously, Thurston's as a coach. had the game of his life that day as well. Kicked three, I reckon, on memory. And, um, look, that did well. Bishop was a good player as well. So I actually do remember, I actually umpired Brendan Laid's father on Kangaroo Island. He's probably marginally taller than you, Pete. So it's <laughs> wow. funny, he gets all his height is from his mum's side. Right. So, yeah, he's a, uh, and Laid. Brilliant player, like he's as good a tap ruckman as there's been. And and Hardwick Hardwick was the antagonizer yep. on the day. Obviously, got under yep. the skin of um, Agamanis. He did his job, correct. Um, and and Matty Primus, unfortunately, uh, being out, uh, didn't didn't uh, the fairy tale didn't come true yeah. for, for for Matty Primus as obviously, well. But felt really sorry for for Mattress. Obviously, he's a Nord man. Um, you know, knew Matty from when he played at Nord. We were absolutely shattered when he got serious with his girlfriend, then wife, then because it used to be a highlight of what he'd bring along each Saturday night. It was we we the, wore the bookies were going. Oh, mad. mate, we wore black armbands in 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 <laughs> upset when he got serious. So yeah, um, but no, look, take nothing away from Port that day. They were fantastic uh, for all the muck around, and I, you know, it was a with a Port Nord rivalry and mm-hmm. and that. But no, they were fantastic. You've got to be fair. Absolutely. And you have a look at also some of those names that have come out of that yeah. uh, grand final who are now coaching at senior level. I mean, Hardwick's gone on to win three with Richmond. Kingsley's just about to embark on his first senior uh, finals campaign. Uh, Gavin Wanganine was fantastic through that series. Obviously, a Brownlow medalist with uh, Essendon. Comes back to Adelaide as well. Treadray's in the media. You know, yeah. very, very good yeah, football. Exactly. So. The, the long-lasting effects from uh, Port Adelaide in 2004 are, are being felt even today. So yep, yep. Uh, we wait with bated, bated breath on this final. We are going to talk a little bit more about it uh, right. next week, obviously with the first final being played. But I thought we'd do a bit of a flashback this week um, with Port Adelaide and Brisbane being that they've only ever played each other in a final and it was a grand final. And I actually think that'll be the best game. First, that's my own yep. opinion. I give Port a big chance. I see there. I know Brisbane haven't lost a game at home this year, but I just think weather, September, yep, and their dynamic th- trio in the middle, 
I give them a big chance. So I think we got yeah. a little bit of a glimpse of that last week against yeah. uh, Richmond. It wasn't quite as refined as it will be, obviously, come finals time. But also as part of our flashback, the last time they met, uh, they've only met once this year in round one. Yeah, and that was funny because Brisbane were up. And then Port absolutely destroyed 13 them. goals, 9 to 3-3 yeah. three, three after yeah. half-time. So, yeah, that was incredible day. Do, do we see that happening again up in Brisbane? Oh, I don't think I don't think either team would do that, but you never know. Look, Cameron has a day out, and Danaher and Hipwood combined. They can do, do some damage. I, I do think it will be a great – I think it will be a real close game. So let's wait and see. Absolutely. Looking forward to it as well. And as we said, we'll talk about it a little bit next week. Yep. All right, mate. Uh, thank you for that tonight. Uh, it's been an absolutely fantastic uh, episode. We want to thank uh, Ryan Harris for his time. Um, and as per usual, we promise to do better next week. Yeah, no, good man, Rhino. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. In this crazy world we live in, we all need the distraction. Enjoying the show? Like, rate, and subscribe. Hook up and connect with us on social media at SportsCast SA. We'll see you next time on Game On.